run, but you can't hide, bitch. And welcome in, everyone, to You Can't Hide, the number one, two, or three horror movie recap podcast this side of Haddonfield. I'm your host, Evil Al, joined by my lovely co-host, Camp Counselor Ben, the Pumpkin Spice Lady Calamity Cat, and our sound engineer, producer, and Airbnb connoisseur. Connoisseur, Final Girl Brie. How are y'all doing on this Christmas Eve? Great. I got my peppermint schnapps in my hand, just having a good old time. Celebrating Christmas Eve. Yeah, and we and we are all in a separate room of the Airbnb. Um, it's a very small, modest twelve thousand dollar night uh, combinations we have, courtesy of Final, Final Girl Brie and iHeartRadio. Uh, I'm in the grand foyer. Uh, it looks like Titanic, but with more uh, grandeur, moss on the walls. Um, how are you doing, Camp Counselor Ben? Uh, pretty good. Got some uh, leftover eggnog. Added some leftover. Why are you still drinking that? <laughs> Wait, no, you're not drinking the eggnog that we drank last episode that was famously laced with uh, ayahuasca, right? Oh, girl, it tastes good. Added a little bit more whiskey in it. It's fine. I don't know if that's the crossfade you need, but I guess yeah, it's the Lord's Day. It's and... for the holidays, you know. This one's up for baby Jesus. <laughs> some ayahuasca for Jesus. That's right. It. She's spiritual. You can't spell ayahuasca without Yahweh. <laughs> Final go, Brie. How are you enjoying your uh, the master suite? It is to die for. I'm here drinking my cranberry rosemary Christmas cocktail. Oh wow! It's just tasty. It's just tasty. That's good. This is the final week of our holiday themed run. Um, our stay at our Airbnb is up in mere hours. Um, the day after Christmas, we have to move out. So we thought, let's go ahead and end this run by possibly the most festive movie ever made uh, from 1974, Three. probably. Uh, Black Christmas, a holiday classic. It is a holiday classic. It's my holiday classic. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it spawned multiple sequels. Yeah. There's at Apparently, least Apparently, fun fact that it was Elvis's holiday favorite, too. <laughs> Wow. He only got to watch it for three years before he croaked and died, yeah. but wow. he did like wow. to watch this movie on Christmas. Wow. It was the 1970s, so he was boozing it up and drugging it up. He was barbing it up. Barbing. <laughs> In more ways than one, barbiturates <laughs> and barb. I know. I was, I was like, did you mean like barbiturate? <laughs> he was doing it all. All of it. Yeah. I you won't. <laughs> Make a bar like bitch, you will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Black Christmas is, I think, the original is from 1974. It's directed by Bob Clark, who famously directed my second favorite Christmas movie. I almost said Halloween, uh, A Christmas Story, the movie they show 24 hours plus in a row on the, on that one channel every year. Um, that's pretty crazy to me. He also directed Porky's. Uh, that's that's all, that's really all you need to to rival only Kubrick himself in, in versatility. I agree. Uh. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out. Uh, he better watch did. out. <laughs> he definitely did that Disney girl thing where like you like pure and simple with a Christmas story. He's like, I'm going to go dark and creepy with like that movie is from 83 life. dog. He what? Later. Christmas yeah. story is from 83. Uh, so he reversed it. Yeah. He oh put that God. thing down, flipped it and reversed it. <laughs> He did. Okay, he did it backwards. Good He's like, him. yeah, the sorority girl who then got her Mrs. degree. 
Oh, she got that. Yeah. And then she's all like, I'm a mom. That's why I went to college to get my MRS. (laughs) Oh, PhoenixArizona.com? Yes, they offer that uh, there too. Oh, wow. How's that working out? It's a 30-day trial. It's good. I did notice that you made us a lovely um, festive cake with a lot of fondant. It's actually no cake. It's just fondant. Yeah, I don't know how to bake. So I'm like, I can just throw some fondant on this and it'd be okay. It's literally a bunch of baked lays with fondant on top of them in the shape of a Christmas tree. Well, also my Easy Bake Oven that I got last year, the light bulb burned out. So I'm not able to make anything. Just go to like Target. I don't know how to do that. You know how to go to Target? I don't know which light bulb it needs. All these days you have the eco-friendly ones. I need a good old-fashioned one. Oh, they only had the um, the smart bulbs. Yeah, Yeah, I need something that's going to burn a house down. Yeah. Try to put a Christmas light in there, but it shocked me. (laughs) It gave me a ho-ho. Ouchie. (laughs) (laughs) Well, shocking. (laughs) Not a ho-ho ouchie. (laughs) I thought that was an SPP. <laughs> Name a more iconic combo. Ho-Ho Ouchie or Cory and Tapioca? <laughs> Cory and Tapioca. Tapioca yeah. just sounds like the capital of Montana or something, but also disgusting. <laughs> it just sounds chunky and like a thing is stuck in your throat. Oh, chunky. <laughs> Like it's the pulp pulpy. in your arms. Very pulpy. It's like chunky and like that that wrong chunky, shade of yeah, gray funky. brown. It's like not. It's not for me. Yeah. Has the mold on top? You have to peel it off. Oh. Oh, I'm gonna puke. I'm gonna puke live on stream. So you were mentioning uh, Christmas Story is kind of dark too, much like this movie. Yeah, the relationship with the father and son. Mm-hmm. That leg Make- lamp. Uh, yes. <laughs> What do you when think he, is good? No, 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 I was gonna say, what's more iconic, the leg lamp or the carpet in The Shining? I'm not sure. The carpet. The carpet. Leg lamp. <laughs> <laughs> that just describes what kind of people we are. <laughs> I'm just saying that to be different. <laughs> you know what? Uh, the iconic. There's that iconic scene in this movie that is more iconic than either of those to me. Mm-hmm. Which we can wait. And, we can yeah. get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, this film begins. We have a nice little steady cam shot of the outside of their house, which is a sorority house. We find that out very soon. Uh, inside the house, they are having a nice little boozy Christmas gathering because they're in a sorority. Of course, they are. Um, right away, we go to the attic. We get a nice little POV shot of some white male hands, so you know they're in danger because nothing good is going to happen from those hands. Um, shortly after the party begins, you know they're mingling, they're drinking, having a good time, uh, but the men are sent away because they need to go back to the frat house and do cocaine or whatever. Uh, and that's when <laughs> that's when they get the first of many phone calls from an admirer, I would say. Admirer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the verbiage, that verbiage that was used during this phone call. Oh, God, yeah. I'm like, talk, talk nasty to me. Would you Whispers- like to repeat some of the verbiage on the call? <laughs> well, as Jason Derulo once said, talk dirty to me. Is that what he said? Yeah, there's a lot of, like, pig sounds on the phone call that are, like, 
There's a lot of oinking. There's a lot of, um, it's really hard to understand them, but yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It also goes a lot of vulgarity. Like, yeah. It goes between like male and female voices too. I'm like, how's he throwing his voice like that? It's beautiful. He's got a little falsetto. Sure. <laughs> also, I love how, uh, the English bitch is like the only one that ever answers phone calls at that place. <laughs> yeah. If, if, if she's not answering the phone call, the phone calls for her. She's got yeah. a nice accent, so of course they want yeah the best. They want to milk it, yeah. The, the unexplained, the unexplained British accent that I forgot. I always forget until she talks, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot you're you, you're British. Talking. You're the only British actress that can't hide their accent, so they were like, yeah, go ahead and keep it. <laughs> you can just you don't want like you don't want drunk Barb answering the phone, right? I, I definitely I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> I definitely want drunk. I wanted to hear those conversations of her just going along with it. Well, she did I, have a good conver- She, you know, a good conversation with the with the phone yeah. heavy breather creep. And yeah. um, they admire. I think that was the scary part, though. Like because he's doing all the voices. Mm-hmm. It was creepy. <laughs> pretty pink cunt. No. <laughs> Her PPC. It's so weird. And then going into like talking about like you know I forgot what that last part was, but then it all of a sudden changes and he goes, "I'm gonna kill you," and that's crazy. Yeah, because normal voice and his actual voice. Yeah, because she says something smart to him, right? Or she says something back to him. Oh, like Mm -hmm. like to go stick it, stick your tongue in a electric socket. He's like, stick it in a socket. Yeah. 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 Then he's like, "I'm gonna kill you." And you know, I've had a lot of exes like this, and you know, (laughs) they they give me cute nicknames, and I, I, you know, I don't play along, and right away they go straight to you know, murder homicide, and (laughs) you know, I have had heavy breathing, like weird call before. I have had that, but it was a prank call, of course. You know, Mm. people being trying to scare you when you're a teenager, it happens. Mm. Yeah, I was just playing. I definitely. I definitely am Barb because I always play along with it. I'm like, oh yeah, I was like, I can definitely play this back at you and get grosser. Mm-hmm. And they so, hang up on you, and I'm like, that's rude. So if yeah. you have, if you haven't seen the movie, I would say go do that right now. Uh, but also Barb. Okay, so Barb is like the fun girl who's just like drunk the entire movie. <laughs> she has her, a choker. What do you expect? Her and my favorite character, Miss Mrs. Mac. Uh, who is like the one adult in the in the sorority house? And at this point in the movie is when Mrs. Matt comes home with gifts. Uh, she has gifts for all of them, and we have a lovely little interaction with them. But then we cut straight to the the uh, upstairs, which is where Claire's room is, and we notice something in her closet. There's like the little like you get from a cleaner. You know how they have like the clear plastic. Wrap? Yeah, yeah, plastics that they put on top of your clothes. Uh, we see what looks like a person behind there. She sees it too, and she gets um, saran wrap death. If she gets suffocated in the saran yeah. wrap. At least she's going to be like fresh for Christmas, though. Not sure it works that way, but okay. <laughs> Look, I've had plenty of people tell me to wrap it up, and I don't think that's what that meant, babe. <laughs> but the that's wrapper why I scene... never do. And that's why I never do. Oh, my God. You never wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> That part of the storyline's coming up. Yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah, should we just cut straight that to that? Lesson. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> speaking of pe- pe- speaking of needing to wrap it up, um, our homeboy Malcolm McDowell, also known as Peter in this movie, <laughs> um, knocked up Jess. I think is her name. The only the, the British, British one, bitch. the one with the yeah, British, British accent. Um, and he's he is pro life. 
uh, and she's pro her own body <laughs> having the ability to do what she wants to. That she's anti-baby. <laughs> Peter slash Malcolm McDowell is very aggro, and I don't, he's just he seems somehow like a like a young fifty, even though he's supposed to be college age. Um, he yeah, was like 30 the actor was 38 at the time I oh think. shit really he stayed yeah. he stayed back in college way back yeah she's clearly like 20 years old and he's clearly like 50 yeah. Her bad, uh, yeah. which made it r- worse for me him being so pushy um but right before that is where we are introduced to mrs mac properly um right away she's getting just hammered on alcohol <laughs> that she pulls out from literally uh a a, behind a, a book from behind a book, the, the the tank of a toilet, she fishes out a, a bottle of Henny. And that's when I knew she was my spirit animal. I mean, that's what she used to wash, uh, to rinse out her mouth. I mean, she thug. Yeah. yeah. I guess, really, mouthwash is just alcohol. Yeah. This one just has flavor. I think mouthwash normally has flavor, too. But <laughs> Mrs. Mac has flavor because she yes, is she talking does. a lot of shit about everybody. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they gave her a muumu. What do you expect? I don't blame. Yeah, I don't blame her for being upset. Hey, it's a and fashion like, muumu. It's a fashion muumu. And they're like, <laughs> it has a nice ruffle at the bottom at the hem. It's all ruffled. Like, try it on, Miss Mac, so we can laugh at you. I would have punched every one of them in the eye. Give me a fucking Christmas muumu. <laughs> after um, we meet Miss Mac, and after uh, Malcolm McDowell gives his pro-life rant, is when we get another lovely phone call. Um, the second of maybe 55 phone calls we, they get throughout the movie. Uh, it's someone asking for Billy uh, and asking where he put baby Agnes. And they're saying, we know what you did. And they kind of call him dirty, dirty Billy. And uh, it's, it's something about mother. It's a lot. It's creepy. Yeah, you learn, you learn a lot in that one phone call. And uh, Olivia Hussey answered the phone and she's like, it's the Mona. Yeah, she's always answering phone calls. She was like, they're yeah. fucking. She's the only one who knows how. They don't have phones in America. <laughs> she's their soundboard engineer. Yeah, I don't know what kind of phone system they had in 1974, but it was it was it seemed like everyone's phones are ran in a warehouse, an, an enormous Amazon fulfillment center style <laughs> warehouse. It is. That's how it works. But we'll get into that in <laughs> 10 minutes when we get to that part of the movie. After the phone call, people start to notice Claire's gone. They start panicking. Uh, everyone kind of assumes she's just like, you know, shacking up somewhere, uh, which famously we are pro on this. We are pro shacking up on this podcast. And uh, eventually her dad, her dad shows up because they're supposed to meet up or something. They're supposed to link up. And so her dad is there. They're all kind of, you know, wondering what's going on and the other girls are also having i think when they when he shows up too, the girls are having their like charity event where barb again is plastered at giving out free (laughs) drinks once again yeah yeah, she's pouring the wine in the kid's mouth oh (laughs) yeah the dad's just watching her uh me too that kid He's like, all right, it's the 70s. Things are going down. It's all right. I think Barb was having one of those college nights where you don't really ever get sober. You kind of just keep it going. Oh, yeah. She was definitely <laughs> drunk the entire day. And you the just wake day. up and get a Bloody Mary or two. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. yeah, she didn't even have a mimosa. She had a full just champagne flute going, <laughs> which she was sharing with child. Well, so, no, who this- was, like, so who was, I guess, like the dad was on the phone with the police, he- wasn't he? 
I, I yeah, I guess it was the police. I don't know. I, I think he also her. calls her mom. <laughs> yeah, mom like the mom. Says, okay, that's what I thought. All right. I'm not gonna come home tonight, but it's already yeah. late. So you're like your daughter's like <laughs> maybe missing. Like you're just so like just watching this one bitch get a kid drunk, and you're just like chilling with them. Like oh, she'll pop up eventually. Yeah, the no, level- I think he was concerned. I think he was concerned enough. Like he was trying to figure everything out and just in a chaotic environment. <laughs> Man. Drunk yeah. bitches. <laughs> he was not expecting his daughter. There was his like a Christine daughter to be well, living. Okay, in a place to like be that. to be fair, he went to her room and right away there's a butthole flower painting on the wall. There's oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Nudity. Miss Mac is like covering up with her hand. <laughs> there's like nude people on a picture, a big poster on her wall. And you know, I like if them. I was if I if that was my daughter's room, okay, you know what? That belt would be off me real quick. Oh my god. <laughs> I like how Miss Mac acts completely like a full adult when other adults are around. But when it's just mm-hmm. her and the girls, she's like, fuck it, bitch. Set she it off. puts it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After a few days, it's like a day, I guess. Yeah. Like a day passes. Everyone's, you know, like, maybe we should look for Claire. So uh, all the girls go ahead and decide to go search for Claire with the police. And Miss Mac decides to stay home alone and get Henny drunk. She hears a noise in the attic. Uh, she thinks it's the oh, it is the cat. She hears the cat on the in the attic, which we know we are shown that the cat is licking up uh, Claire's plastic covered body. <laughs> and so Miss Mac goes uh, into the attic. Yeah, she goes into the attic, and that's um, she's glancing. It's like very tense. It's kind of a drawn out, nice little drawn out. Uh, scene right there and she looks to the side and she she glances through her drunken eyes and sees claire's body wrapped up in the uh saran and that's when she turns around and looks directly at the uh, killer and she gets uh he throws like a hook at her yeah she gets a yeah. hook in the face again it's with those white male hands but you don't see anything <laughs> just the white male hands is that the killer of the movie just white male hands yes mm-hmm. i think it's just symbolic tragedy of white male hands joe biden's hands are the killer in this movie and then is this where we see Claire and the saran wrap in the rocking chair? Yeah. Rocking back and forth. It's a very iconic scene in this movie. Memorable scene. Yeah. There's a lot of scenes, a lot of close-ups of her plastic-covered face in this movie. And she is placed directly by a window and somehow no one notices for yeah. the entire movie. Here's the thing. It's like, Mrs. Mack made like the horror movie mistake, right? She basically told Phyllis that, hey... Um, I won't be here when you get back. <laughs> That's like the biggest yeah. mistake oh, yeah. making a horror yeah. movie. Like, I'll be yeah, right yeah. back or I'm not going to be here when you get back. And so from the attic, uh, we cut to the search party. And it's like a very <laughs> drawn out scene where there's a lot of overacting. They find something and we have to see every character's reaction, uh, overreaction to it. And that's when it's revealed that a little girl was found dead, um, who later they upgrade to a high school age girl. But whatever, we're not going to. It's it's a red herring. It doesn't really it's matter. Very weird too, because like you see, it, when they're in, all in the police station, her mom is there too, mm-hmm. and her mom is saying, "My daughter's missing," and the police have dismissed both girls. Basically, another commentary, <laughs> like <laughs> that they just completely just ignore like both parents about their daughter's missing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the mo- mother at that point said the daughter, the girl was th- thirteen years old. Yeah, <laughs> and later. As you said, she becomes a high schooler. The next day, Malcolm McDowell uh, meets up with Jess, the pregnant British bitch, and that's when he 
doesn't propose. He just tells her, I'm quitting the conservatory to become married to you. <laughs> and she's like, actually, um, not marrying you and I'm not keeping this baby. So, uh, yeah. She's like, I got plans. Like, you yeah. had plans. And now you're very unattractive because you've decided that you don't want to do those plans anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, and there and- was also his uh, sweaty piano conservatory scene that was um, oh my yeah, god yeah we see him play there's like a weird scene of him playing his little recital and he's horrible at piano yeah and i don't, and I don't know if that's because he actually played and they thought you know do your best or if they wanted him to seem bad or like maybe it was supposed to be like it seemed it was supposed to seem like he was making this noble decision of like, oh, I'm quitting my career, giving it all up for you. When really he was just shitty at his, you know, <laughs> like, so maybe he was he trying to like gaslight her. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was just trying to gaslight her and make it seem like he was noble. Yeah. But really, he just mm-hmm. sucks. Like, well, I'm like, I'm not a pianist, but I was like, that's horrible playing right there. There's mm-hmm. some bad keys in that. Yeah, I think yes. it was supposed to be like avant-garde or edgy, but it was just shitty. It was just like <laughs> off-tune and like not good, yeah. Oh, and then the police show up and he storms out. Mm-hmm. Making him seem suspicious. Yeah, the police finally, after a body and a missing person in three days past, they finally... And a search party <laughs> instead of like searching the house, yes. <laughs> they ne- Which they never do. They never. <laughs> um, they go to the house and finally are like, hey, let's go investigate and let's go ahead and tap this phone because you keep getting a freaks calling you 15 times per day. Um, but beyond that, they don't find anything at the house because they don't ever search. <laughs> In a house that has an attic and a basement, they never yep. search. And now two dead bodies. <laughs> that, yeah, that they know of. I mean, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Later that night is when carol- carolers appear outside. And that's when, uh, that was a fun scene. It's like the little, uh, they're, they're singing their carol while uh, Billy pops out. End. <laughs> well, Billy pops out when, with his uh, crystal unicorn and stabs people. Yeah, he stabs um, drunk Barb. Barb. Yeah. Barb, Barb, she's sleeping it off. Poor I love Barb. in every scene, she either has a drink or a cigarette. Yeah, at the or police both. station when she <laughs> has both. both. Mm-hmm. That's the life I want to live. Uh, so pretty soon after this is when they get yet another phone call. Uh, and naturally, since this is from 1974, for some reason, to trace a call, you have to run through an Amazon fulfillment center. Uh, you have to run for, like, as I said before, I feel like at least 10 minutes of this movie is them running through a warehouse trying to trace the call. Um, and of course, they disconnected before they could trace it. This is around when this phone call is what convinces Jess, maybe Peter's the killer, because uh, the dialogue... Um, that happened in this phone call was kind of similar to something that Peter said to her earlier. And I don't remember what he said, but apparently that was a thing. Yeah. There was something about a baby. Uh, it was like getting rid of it was like just removing a wart. Yeah. <laughs> that, so I guess, yeah. Repeated. Eek. And then Peter actually calls, right? Yeah. Peter calls like pretty soon after that and tries to convince her to keep the baby, the cops hear it. And they're like, well, this is, you know, very as she had realized earlier this is very similar to what the the killer uh was calling about and he says you can't kill the baby which <laughs> bad there there's there couldn't have been worse timing for him to uh <laughs> yeah. call with this uh, also this is a phone call thing and not like a meet up in person thing i don't know just saying and did you notice on the <laughs> second call the uh, telephone man the line man calls the policeman and says should i 
trace this one too <laughs> yeah, every time they call. so they they have it tapped so that they know when it calls it rings at the station but every time that the guy runs back from 20 miles away in the warehouse to be like should i ta- should i track this too <laughs> um which i guess they have to draw it out but which you know whatever who cares um but yeah when peter calls uh, that's when the cops are kind of like pressing Jess about, you think he could be the killer? And she's like, no, I don't think he's, he's unstable, but he's not a killer. He's just pushy. He's just pro-life. <clears throat> and she kind of deduces that he's not the killer. Cause when the cop asks her, was he ever there when they called? And she realizes, yeah, he was there at least one time when they received a phone call. This is kind of where we lead up to the big revelation. They get another phone call. Uh, this time they're able to trace it. <laughs> finally and they realized the call is from inside the house and i oh. did not know oh. like, did we ever know. see anything like what happens with phyllis like who phil, he, like, phil goes up to sleep like i guess right before the phone call or whatever she's like i'm gonna go check on barb and then i'm gonna go to bed or no no, no. yeah i think that's what it was and she like sees like barb door closes or whatever and she goes to check on her and that's when like it just goes back to like oh, okay, and she gets she gets. But we don't see it till later, yeah. Yeah, and we should mention that the telephone man earlier, when he was in the house, says that there there's a second line that the house mother has. Well, that was a, that was another thing, like where they set up things in the movie, like the cop or they're talking about like it was there any more lines in the house, and the cop was like, "Yes, the dead mother has a phone, but no one uses it. Nothing comes in through that line. There's been no phone calls, and then it's like left at that." And then, like, now that it's revealed that the calls are coming from inside the house, now that comes into play. I'm like, y'all get, like, the worst, like, <laughs> here's the answer for Mr. it later. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, like, we have to, like, consider, like, the fact that this was one of the first movies like this. True. So, to our jaded selves who have seen <laughs> tons of these movies, we can, like, figure this stuff out, like, super quickly. And I don't think audiences back then necessarily would. Because it's not a trope yet. They realize the call is from inside the house. Uh, they try to call the cop that's stationed outside patrolling to let him know. Uh, of course, we cut to him in his cop car. He's fully dead. Um, and that's when the cops call Jess. And these cops are poor. I mean, I know cops are always horrible through job in these movies. But this cop is... His only <laughs> instruction is don't tell her that the call is inside the house. Um, but women. Oh, well, we forgot the best part. Let's go back because we wanted like the reveal, and then how he goes. Oh shit! <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Okay, so <laughs> after, so after, like, so the so the um the phone guy he basically calls the cop, lets them know that um the calls coming from inside the house, and then we hear our main detective in a very dramatic way. <laughs> goes oh shit because <laughs> <laughs> he realizes the fact that he discounted like the whole second line being part of everything yes because he's oh. an idiot and he's a bad at his job yeah so just just, yeah. A, just a peek and shut up we're cutting that out just a peek a little peek inside behind the curtain is when i and so we watched this movie all at the same time uh because we're in the airbnb i mean why would we not you know we have this you know this very uh, it's okay. It's a 200 inch TV. Um, we watched it on there, and I said in the group chat, "Oh shit!" And I didn't realize that was a quote from the movie. <laughs> and now I'm realizing that's why you thought I said that. But no, I was just saying that because I was shocked. 
Oh, that was so funny because you said it close to the same time. <laughs> you did. You said it. <laughs> Cop's dead. Cop calls Jess. His one instruction is don't tell her the killer is in the house. Um, but Jess, with her stubborn British ass, is like, why? Why? Why should I leave? What's going on? What's happening? Tell me. What's happening? And the cop is eventually like, bitch, he's in the house. <laughs> and so he goes like zero to 60. Real quick. No, he, he's literally <laughs> like, Jess, don't worry. You just have to leave. Then he's like, he's in the house. Jess, leave. <laughs> and he's like trying to calm her down by yelling at her too. Like, and so, yeah. And Jess starts walking downstairs. She gets to the door and she realizes, uh, I'm going to try and go be a hero and save my other two uh, friends. So she screams for, for like a solid five minutes, their names. And of course they don't respond. She goes to investigate and she sees her friends dead. Uh, she encounters the killer or she sees like the killer's little uh, Smeagol eyes. Uh, and she gets chased into the basement because they have a basement and an attic in this cinematic universe, which I love for them. Sorry. I was just going to say she was trying to be smart and actually leave through the front door, but that's when the whole setup of the front door doesn't work all the time. Yeah, which I forced into the basement. I don't know. It was how like many... after she ran upstairs, like she was. Yeah, being it was it. fully her problem. Yeah, her There's problem. only yeah. yeah. She couldn't just leave. She had to ask questions. She had to worry about her friends. I can leave Phyllis. Fine. And Barb, she's drunk anyway. She's gonna die from liver. Cancer. Yeah, <laughs> liver done. cancer. Nothing was pickled. Yeah. Jess, run. Oh yeah. So so Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> she a he jeff encounters the killer gets chased down to the, the basement uh is able to barricade herself in there and that's when she sees through the snow frosted over windows there's a shadow of a little silhouette of a man uh outside and he's kind of like creeping and creeping um and then he moves to another window and we realize it's peter uh, that's when peter he's kind of calling out to her he breaks the window and you know lets himself in because He's very entitled. So he forces his way into there. Um, he, I guess he eventually, he finds her and we just hear her scream. We cut away and that's when the cops arrive. Yeah. And it's just like, that. it's such a weird turn for him because like he's crying on that phone call. And then all of a sudden he's just like, hey, it's me. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> okay. He a little bipolar. He oh yeah, for sure. He, <laughs> he, needs, he needs some drugs like right away. I was legit going to say, you can, cut this if, you can cut this if you want, but I was going to say, because I earlier we were talking about like this like legit like kind of Christmas movie. Um, it's an anti-Christmas where instead of keeping the baby like Mary and Joseph, she wants to get rid of it. <laughs> oh, so wow. It is, so it is a black Christmas. And she was in a stable <laughs> with uh, Frankincense, Mary and Gold. Yeah. And uh, Claire's dead body with the light guiding the way to where the killer is. You know? All right. So... <laughs> Um, Christmas star? Yeah, she's the Christmas star. Yes. But she's attic. shiny and plastic. Oh my god. The cops arrive. Um, nothing else happened since the last time I said that I didn't cut anything out. Um, that's when we we cut to the basement. They they arrive in the basement and find uh, Jess and Peter. Uh, Peter's all bloody and dead. He's on top of Jess, who's kind of hunched over. Uh, but they, they they realize, oh, she's still alive, but she's, you know, passed out. Um, but is somewhat responsive. Uh, they kind of, that's when they, the police look around the first two levels of the house <laughs> and find the other dead bodies. And uh, that's when the paparazzi arrive and uh, they kind of just let her be in her room. 
which Alone. yeah like i feel like maybe the hospital is where she should go like i'll say no she's pregnant and she was found unconscious but you know it's fine also claire's dad has a faint sequence also yeah <laughs> everyone's just fainting and drunk in this movie uh-huh. yeah that's how they set up a room full of people like suddenly it being yeah. just her it goes from faints. the most people being there to just her uh, and that's when we kind of, I think it's like kind of maybe like a tracking shot throughout the house. And that's when we um, discover that the killer is still alive. Uh, we cut to Claire and Mac are still in the attic because I guess fuck Claire. We don't care about her. Uh, they close the case without finding the one person they were looking for. Uh, just they presume Peter's the killer, uh, which fair, but I feel like you still want to find the body of the person <laughs> you started this whole investigation right. for, but I feel like you would clear out everything, like clear out Jess's like body and everything, and then like fully search the place and it's about a crime scene. Yeah. Also, that attic seems to be pretty prominent. It seems like the staircase is permanently down, and it's just like a hole. There's like an open <laughs> hole in the attic. It seems like, like an arrow that goes up. It's like, look yeah, here. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be like a hidden, you know, like a hidden hatch in the ceiling that you have to kind of like Nancy Drew about to find. It seems like a pretty obvious feature of the house. Yeah, it's Nancy Drew and the obvious staircase. <laughs> And I really loved the end of this movie. Uh, the movie basically ends with us, like I said, discovering the killer's still alive and he's alone with Claire now. Um, not Claire. Well, not Claire. Jess. He's alone with Jess now. Uh, we, the movie kind of ends with us going to the to the attic where we see Claire, who is obviously right in front of a window, lit, lit by candle. Uh, we track to an outside um, view of the house and they slowly pull, pan out and you can still see her for like a half mile away uh, and that's when like we, there's a phone call in the distance and it gets louder and louder I thought that was a really really nice ending so it continues yeah all you just like there's like no music it's it's just like uh, all you hear is the wind and the snow the snow flurries and that phone call that also too there's like a cop outside so I'm like why would he not go either like investigate or like at least check on someone you know like, hey, bitch, your phone's ringing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess... Well, also, whole... if the phone rings, they would hear it ring at the... Whatever, we're not going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At the Wi-Fi router. The cops, place. we've already established the cops are shitty at their job. They don't care about Claire anymore, so I guess they'll let the... They'll like, oh, yeah. it's fine. They're just a regular phone call. Well, the 70s was a crazy time. <laughs> it was. They couldn't find you know, Claire because it wouldn't have allowed for that iconic... Yeah. Shot away, pulling away from the house with her saran wrapped She's body North Star in the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you say, Ben? <laughs> She's North Star in it. Yep, North Star. All right, in we're it. not gonna we're not gonna keep that bit going. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that just about wraps up our recap of Black Christmas, nineteen seventy four, by Bob Ross. Uh, I, I, it's my first. Okay, so let's get straight into our next our um favorite segment, ack ack or whack whack, where we gave these movies that we recapped a rating of one to 10 Sir Jessica Parker heads based on the movie Mars attacks. Um, like, as I said, this is the first time I've ever made even say it. But this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. Um, couldn't have been at a better time. It's so very apropos for this time of the year. And honestly, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I thought there was maybe 20, 25 minutes of, Kind of nothing that went on that maybe they could have cut or at least, you know, added some plot. And there's a few scenes that were kind of weird. 
uh, that I didn't really understand, like his weird piano tantrum and <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, 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 they threw in an extra uh, scene of Miss, Miss Mac, you know, secret drinking, but you know, it was all fun. So uh, I really loved the end of the movie. I thought it was a really, really nice uh, dark unsettling ending. Uh, I think I'd have to give this, especially, you know what, for this week, we're not doing out of one to 10 Sarah Jessica Parker heads. We're going to do out of one to 10 Claire Saran wrapped heads. I'm giving this 9.5 Claire Saran wrapped heads out of 10. Wow. That is a high honor. All right. Um, how about you, Camp Counselor Ben? I know you said you're you're a stan of this of the uh, Black Christmas franchise. You've seen all of them. Um, you've auditioned to be Barb numerous times. Um, what is your opinion of the original Black Christmas? Um, it's definitely one of my favorites. I again, this is one of the ones I watch like year round, not just around Christmas time. Uh, so I definitely give this a nine out of uh, ten, Claire heads. Um, the only, I guess, I guess too, like the only reason like it doesn't get ten out of ten is just because like it is dated with the very like obvious like plot points of like the door being jammed or there's the a phone in that yeah there's a phone in the house but that one doesn't be that one's not used ever so mm-hmm. the plot points are kind of like meh but for it being what it is at the time i was like it's really good so i give it nine out of ten clear heads very nice which if we're gonna upgrade it that's a miss mac hook in the head i think maybe um but no just to clarify my rating is based off of christmas horror um so it's very specified so that's why i think it's such a high honors because for for it being black christmas i think it it, it gets the job done even though it really is nothing new with christmas but that's fine Um, calamity cat how about you what did you think um i love this movie and i watch it every year or two at christmas it's fun to watch and uh revisit um i'm gonna give it also a 9.5 because i think it's it's you know it's also just it's a classic Mm -hmm. um it is one of the first kind of slasher films in the genre it was before halloween so you got to give it its due. All right. Well, Final Girl Brie, what is your rating of this film? I like this film as well. It is a classic. There are a few elements I think that they do really well. The um, prank or the unknown caller this, uh, is really super creepy, his voice. Um, so I love that particular element. And then some of the iconic imagery we talked about, like, poor saran wrapped Claire pulling away from the window and the um, unicorn stabbing those particular things. There are some standout things that I enjoy in this movie. And so I give it a nine saran wrapped Claire heads out of 10. <laughs> nice. Which is, which is, I think it's a unanimous uh, Mrs. Mack hook to the face head um, from all of us. And wait, what is, is there someone outside? Wait, who, who, okay, who hung up their clothes on the window like that? So just so the clear plastic wrap would be on the window. And, and who's standing? Is that you, Can't Count Ben? Why are you standing out there? Oh, uh, go there. Um, who's there? Is there someone outside? Let me, um, let me check. Oh, wow. From the sky fell a, uh, 
a Santa bag looking uh, bag of. All right, gifts. I'm coming downstairs right now to see what this is. Okay, yeah, wow. come come down from the the upper level. Um, okay, we have a Santa bag. It's there's a note here. What does it say, Kim Counselor Ben? It says from who, or what does it say? It says ho ho ho, Merry Christmas. Not from S. Not from S. <laughs> Oh, is this because last week we it said from S and it was from Stamp Chance for Glenn and now he doesn't want us to be suspicious? Okay. Oh my gosh, seriously? Should well, we even open this? Well, I mean, if the gift's are already here, you know, I am kind of curious here. How about we... Okay, let me feel around the bag on the outside. Okay, it seems like there's four presents in here. There's four of us. How about we make it like a white elephant situation where I just pull out a gift, give it to one of us. Okay. Let me reach in this bag. Who Who should this one be for? Me for you. Okay, here we go. Let's see. What is it? Pulling it out of the bag, handing it to you. Okay, here's your gift. It's fully wrapped. If you want to go ahead and unwrap that gift. Okay. What in the world is this? Ow! What is it? Oh, it's a pumpkin spice uh, machine. It it can pumpkin thing. It can pumpkin spice anything you put into it. Wow. I'm how did not, they know? How did they know? How did they know? That I'm supposed to grind nutmeg? What am I supposed to do with this? And pumpkins. Let's just let's just be real here. I really hate pumpkin spice. What? I'm just you you're the one who kept saying you loved it, so I just went along with it. It's the foundation upon which your friendship. I'm upset. Is I'm gonna reach into the bag. I'm reaching into the bag. Okay. <laughs> this one's for you, Camp Counselor Ben. Here you go. Here. Throwing it at him. Oh, sorry. I thought you were looking. <laughs> thought you were looking. Here, go ahead and open it. I don't, care. Really. I don't really care what's in it, but go ahead. Okay. Oh, is that a new bag? It's yeah, a Birkin bag. bag. What? She got a Birkin bag. A Birkin bag. <laughs> what? Let's trade gifts. What the hell is this? Is that real? Is it authentic? Um, it, it says, says Birkinbag.com in it on the tag. You know, it's probably it's probably from it's probably a graduation gift from Arizona. Oh, it does. PhoenixArizona.com. Wow. They send out Birkin bags. Nice. The prestigious university. Yeah. All right. Well, here this is for Final Girl Bree. Let me uh, get my sound effects since apparently we all have sound effects with me. Oh, I just use my Reese's peanut butter cups. Robert. Let me reach into the bag. All right, here is your present. If you want to go ahead and open that. It's actually just an envelope. It's not even really a, a bag. It looks like a gift card. Where's it? Where's it do? Airbnb. <laughs> $36,000 is the exact amount it costs to rent this Airbnb without wow. tax. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is amazing. amazing. That's Not great. S so we can really have a budget now. Mm-hmm. We just have to pay the twenty thousand dollar cleaning fee and taxes, but <laughs> hey, that's love it. That's ha- more than half. All right, what's your present? <sighs> All right, well, let me reach in. I think I feel like maybe you got my gift, so I don't know what this one is. Hmm. Let's see. Oh my gosh, it looks kind of pointy. What is that? Opening it. Wait, what? It's it's ring. Um, and it's an Android phone. Wow. I wonder why it has this. Uh, oh, wait, it's not an Android. It's an old fashioned rot- rotary phone. That um, makes the noise. Yeah. That's how it rings? It's updated. It's modernized. <laughs> All right. Well, let me go ahead and uh, 
Nope, it's ringing again. Let me go ahead and uh, answer that. Answer that. Yeah. Oh, how do you answer these phones? I don't know how to answer these kind of phones. Just pick it up. Just pick it up. Pick up. Oh, the receiver. Oh, hey, hey, who's? Uh, hey, what's up? Um, who is this? Hello, who is it? Hey, it's rude to not reply. You piggy, cut, 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 piggy. Gonna lick that <laughs> what? Piggy. Oh my god! How did my ex give me? How did they know the number to this phone? Wow, what a what a like crisp, Billy. What a wait, what? Mona. Like Billy. Wait, let me let me find my iPhone on that call real quick. Hmm, let me see. You should probably call the police. Have them set up some. Uh, I don't even like Sting. Let me see. see where the call's coming from. I'm using Find My iPhone. It says the phone is here in the oh, attic, shit. or maybe it's in the basement. We do have both in our 15 levels uh, of this house. Mm, that's probably fine. Anyways, Merry Christmas, guys. <laughs> I did. I did notice that um, when I was outside earlier, there was a nice little twinkle in the uh, the attic window. But you know, probably just a coincidence. North star. Yeah, not really interested it's to go nothing. investigate. Yeah, we're all here. It's fine. <laughs> all right. In our next segment, we once a week we ask ourselves. We pick a setting from the movie that we're. Uh, recapping that week and we ask ourselves would it be male or female seems obvious that this week we're going to choose the um sorority house for the location um clarity cat what do you think for this one well i mean it's a sorority house so you would automatically probably think female but i don't know about that because i think a sorority house is a direct representation of the patriarchy. Therefore, it's definitely male. Yeah. And there are many reasons why it's male. There's just, there was, well, Billy, for example, who's like creeping up in the attic and tainting everything with his male horrible energy and calling all the women. And then Peter, who likes to slink in at like in the basement and tell people they can't have an abortion. What is that about? Definitely male. <sighs> Still kind of mad at you for a second. You didn't like pumpkin spice, but <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to tell you the truth. I think that might have happened after this, but that was a ho ho out. You did. I'll just uh, cut that out. <laughs> um, Lionel Girl Brie, how about you? What do you think, male or female? The uh, sorority house. Well, before the house gets taken over by the white male hands, I would say it's female because it's layered with many levels. It's occupied by women. So my answer is female. All right. Cam Counselor Ben, what do you think? Um, I was going to say it's definitely a male kind of vibe in there. Everyone's drunk. Uh, There's secrets to be had. No one's ever forthcoming with anything. And the phone calls that are coming out of the house are disgusting. So I'm going to say it's very male energy in there. So far we have an anonymous um, male. You know, I was watching movie and I was thinking, you know, this is going to be a question to be asked. And, you know, I barked a few times and I thought, you know, there's debauchery. There's a lot of women going in and out. There is, you know, an attic and a basement, which is confusing, perplexing. It doesn't make sense. Why is it built this way? It doesn't make sense to my male brain. 
And I realize, you know, men are so complex. They're so multi-layered, so multi-leveled. And this is the epitome of male. And so I have to go with male and agree with the, the points you've all laid out for me. The points you've so clearly stated that I have to just agree with. Except final girl Brie, who disagrees with all yeah. of us. Yeah. Yeah, you forgot but about me. I cut hers out so they don't know that. Um, <laughs> so I think we have a unanimous mail this week for um, Sorority House. In our next segment, um, we... Okay, last week was Krampus. Okay, in our next segment, we ask each other, who would win in a battle between this week's killer and last week's killer? Last week, we covered Krampus, or Krampus, if you're uh, Swedish or whatever. Um, so last week's killer is Krampus, obviously. This week, it's Billy, the attic man. Um, I mean, this seems pretty straightforward to me. I'm going to go ahead and ask you, though, Calamity Cat, what do you think? Oh, Krampus, for sure. Krampus would take Billy and chomp him up real quick. Take those toys and just start playing with them. He'd be gone in a second. Absolutely. How about you, Final Girl Brie? Agreed. Krampus would disembowel him and chop his head off, <laughs> and he'd be done. I forgot you watched the wrong one. Ben, how about you? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I think Billy would have a fighting chance, because you don't even ever see the bitch, but his hands and his eyes. I was like, Krampus, like, you get a full shot of Krampus, like, 20 minutes into the movie. So it's like, uh, to me, I think Billy will do well by hiding from Krampus and he'll get a good mm. few blows in on him. See, I thought right away, this seems so obvious. Obviously, Krampus would kill him. But I, I was thinking, what's more anti-Christmas than Billy in this movie, though? So what if through Billy and his negative energy, Krampus was able to just kill everybody for him? So what if Billy made Krampus his bitch? And just use him to do his bidding by killing all them little um, sarasitutes, you know? So I'm going to have to say this is a draw for me, dog. Sarasitutes. <laughs> this is a female-friendly podcast. Friendly? <laughs> all right. Our next segment every week, we ask our friend, Camp Counselor Ben, what's in... Okay. What's in your camp bag? And in this segment, he tells us the things he has in his camp bag that would help us survive the killer from this movie. All right. Hello, count counselors. <laughs> Hello, count. Hello, campers. This is Camp Counselor Ben here with my new and improved Birkin camp bag <laughs> that I got from phoenixonline.com. Uh, so in my camp bag this week, we start off with a very beautiful tiffany crystal uh, unicorn it is great as a centerpiece and also a weapon and uh because it's me i have to have a little nog in here to get through the day dealing with peeps you know and a another thing i would probably have in my camp bag it's not very seen in the movie but it's very for the time um candy canes because not only are they a sweet treat but if you suck on it right, you can make it into a weapon. Like a shiv to stab somebody. That's what she said. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also Christmas lights. Because again, decorative, but also can be used to choke a bitch. So yeah. That's oh, and also list. Yeah, and also like side note, I would also just get someone who can run those old style uh 
router things to figure out the calls coming from inside the house because that'd be very helpful the first like 20 minutes of this. Yeah, so you would just nip that in the bud right away. Yeah, I'd be like, can you just trace the phone call, please? We get multiple calls. Thanks. You, you know who's really good at that probably is Deborah Logan. She would be awesome at it. She, she would just be there and just naked, just flipping boards real quick. <laughs> oh, that being said, it seemed like maybe in her dementia haze, she maybe had lost a, lost her touch a little bit and did electrocute herself. So maybe not the best. Yeah, I would definitely give her the aux cord. She'd be flipping them switches real quick. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Well, thank you for for that. I think that'll definitely help us survive. Uh, Billy in his attic. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't go into attic or basements. That's another. Yeah. That's a note I would put in the bag. No basements or attics. Well, only only one person went in the attic, and we know how that turned out for her. Oh, she's swinging. <laughs> she's swinging. <laughs> she's swinging like an angel. Oh my god! See, uh, stop trying to make connections. <laughs> I had a prank caller to my dorm room in college and uh, the person was said that they were this creepy guy from a class, but then it turned out to just be one of my friends, <laughs> one of my guy friends. You should have called ID them like screamed it. Well, I, yeah, I was talking to my <laughs> guy friend and I was like, oh, I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call campus police because they was like calling and, um, like playing porn on my answering machine and stuff. And, oh my um, god! And then when I said I was gonna do that, he admitted it. <laughs> well, wow! Wow! He petered you. Probably can't believe who you, it was. I can't believe you did that, Ben. Sick. I know, Ben. <laughs> I was in a fraternity. What do you expect? That's what we do. <laughs> no, it was Scott Pitts. Oh yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know Phoenix Arizona Online had fraternities. Uh, is it like a Zoom meeting or like what exactly is the? Uh... We usually just gather in a basement together. <laughs> then the circle jerk. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens? <laughs> that is a hazing tradition. Every and we time, don't talk about that. Every time I'm on Zoom, that's what I do. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> thankfully you know oh so, thankfully you know we're anti-maskers and we don't believe in that so we don't have to have zoom meetings for these so. <laughs> um, had we ever had one you know you would have seen that unfortunately i think that just about wraps up this episode of you can't hide thank you for joining us on our, our lovely holiday themed episodes um if you haven't heard the other two we covered better watch out and krampus uh thank you so much for joining in and feel free to Hit us up with your movie suggestions at youcan'thidepod at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at youcan'thidepod. Until next week, goodbye. Have a very merry Black Christmas. Happy New Year! (laughs) I will submit that clip for our Peabody Reel.